I think I'm closer to it than you are. Oh, I felt like I was closer. But... Just to get your arm. Well, your arms are longer than mine. <laughs> show in Stockholm, uh, the Jude Jus och Bildmessa. Which is probably 70 or 80 percent like live stage production uh, equipment. Yeah, it's very little stuff that I could see me taking on a long hike. It's a lot of chains and pulleys and stage lighting. Yeah, and huge cameras and tripods. And, and uh, lots of fog machines. Yeah, and uh, studio furniture. I know I, I can see I can fit that uh, mixing desk furniture in the corner of my tent. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Exactly. But uh, it was a nice uh, day off of the regular schedule to come out and look at stuff and get inspired. And uh, we're going to watch a seminar on Adobe Creative Cloud yep. later that's especially to do with video. So that's, that's, that's going to be interesting and useful. But we also had a nice lunch and yeah. uh, decided that we better do a podcast so we're using the equipment we have with us to do a guerrilla podcast in the midst of this uh, media festival. And somewhere at some booth there's someone who would be crying if they knew that what we were doing with <laughs> what we were doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, it's been a while since the last time and a lot of stuff has changed and uh, we tried to make a podcast uh, a little earlier to uh, talk about stuff that changed. It didn't work out that well just for technical reasons, but long story short, if we summarize just what we talked about last time, um, Rob's going to have a baby in July. What? Congratulations, Rob. Oh my God. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Yes, uh, July or, or, or late June or mid-June, uh, the 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 due date is Ju July 1st so if uh, and my wife hopes that he's not late and uh, her previous uh, births have been a little bit early so probably mid-June to July 1st is what we're talking about yeah but uh, if we cut to the most important part of this whole uh, story it's uh, right when we were gonna hike uh, and do our uh, main production for High Coast Film so uh, it wasn't a hard decision to make that we we're just going to push off the uh, start date by year. Yep. Um, I don't think I was really ready, although I'm getting there, uh, technically getting my chops uh, together and, and changing gears from being a still photographer into being a video photographer, which is a whole different thing. So congratulations to Rob. And, thank you. And uh, thank goodness that we have an extra year to prepare this thing. Yeah. Um, so if we go back to the beginning, we uh, got an idea through National Geographic. Uh, uh, they were looking for people to fund. We didn't get the funding. Nope. Uh, but we did get a baby. Yes, <laughs> but we didn't get the funding because we're not 23-year-old tan guys with a pipe. Right, yeah, maybe more on that later than an interesting um, documentary that we watched. I mean, if I... If I'm going to be negative about it, I would say that uh, that's really close to the documentary that we were thinking of making at one point in time. It would have been actually eerily similar, um, but we'll um, make sure to let you know what that one is, and uh, maybe we'll end up talking about it today, although it's not that long until the seminar, only half an hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, we um, 
changing angles a little bit on the on the video. Not so much about adventure and discovery and all that kind of stuff in the hard uh, natural geography that was um, before, but maybe um, thinking uh, back to the uh, the teaser, the inf informer video that we made, where David Leffler says something about how. Uh, you know, the meaning of being a human in a changing world, and um, yeah. I think now we started to talk about making a movie that um, uses uh, High Coast to help us talk about change in the world, change in our lives, and, and all kinds of changes. Um, and uh, now that Rob's having a baby, one of those changes is uh, is going to be his life is going to be changed. Um, so I'm going to start uh, filming him uh, every Monday morning, I think, on his way from the train station into the office and ask him questions now before Boris, uh, or uh, the, the new baby comes along, and, um, and see how his, uh, cha his answers change over, over the next year or so, cool. uh, leading up to the, to the thing. So um, I hope that we can maybe front run some of that, uh, maybe just audio or maybe audio and video. Yeah. Um, as part of the ramp up to the actual head production, I, I think that those will be entertaining uh, to see, even in a shorter term perspective, even before the movie. But um, yeah, I could always hold the GoPro on myself or something. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it'll be a good test of um, walking, walking um, smooth. Yeah, I've always already been walking around my apartment trying to walk smooth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, with varying success. So, be uh, practicing my crab walking. But, um, yeah, no, uh, we watched a documentary called, what was it called in Swedish? The one, the one with, uh, the National Leaky, Geographic, yeah. yeah. Der Menichon Fuddes. Der Menichon Fuddes, which, uh, translates as where people were born. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the original title was, actually. Um, but it was a movie about a guy who, uh, a paleontologist, I guess, who, um, who uh, went around looking at rocks and bones and fossils and things like that and was trying to put together a story of the people that lived 45 million years ago or so as opposed to people we were thinking about the 11,000 11, years ago. Wait, not 45 million, was it? Like 4.2 million. Was, was it 4.5 million? Yeah, I think Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's, it's far before the, the, the frame of our movie yeah. reference. Um, but, uh, yeah, we... Um, I think you could, we, could, we could learn a lot from that one and what we liked about it and what we didn't like about it. And um, I think we'll use that as a reference work. But I didn't, there wasn't so much that I would take from that that I want to do in our movie. No, and I agreed with what you said about I didn't think that the animation of the land changes was very attractive. Because um, yeah. the land change there also, you know, like in the high coast, the land is rising. Right. But and in, in over the millions of years of this lake that they were looking at in Africa, it also rose sometimes. The land actually rose sometimes and fell. But it wasn't a very attractive computer animation they used no, to show no. that. I think I think maybe it was more important for them to show that because the water did rise and fall. There was a big lake and sometimes and a small lake sometimes, and it really was all over the place for the last 4.5 million years. Yeah. Whereas the um, 11,000 years on the high coast is a much shorter time, and it was a very linear kind of thing. The land was rising, and that's it. Yeah. So we definitely want to have a graphic, but I think we could do with a lot less complex thing than they had. Look, theirs looked a bit scientific. I think ours could look a little artsier. It looked like theirs was built from data points, like some kind of a... a yeah, a, a, yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a... Um, 
you know, a set of data points that they put into a mapping program. Yeah. And then they had like the 4.2 million years run in like five seconds. Yeah, seriously, it went <laughs> fast. And, and I think that's just a testament to how little that meant to their story really as well. Even, even though, I don't know, if you um, said a lot about that. Uh, you said something important about that documentary is that they never really deep dove into anything. Right. It was very um, superficial. Um, but you could have gone into all kinds of detail about how do you carbon date or how, why was that water all over the place up and down and what effect did that have on a but he, none of that none of that was important so he still learned he still I still learned something about that part of the world uh, by the time I was done watching the documentary I had learned stuff about it yeah so yeah yeah and um, he there, there wasn't much of a red thread in that one that it seemed on on a dramaturgical basis to be a fairly dry documentary yeah it was it informed you about different things that had to do with his life but there was no red thread and they didn't even honestly try that hard to create the red thread so I think that we have an advantage in having our hike yeah um, and then uh, developing this theme about change um, some of the ideas that I've been thinking about have been to do with filming Rob and his change as he becomes a dad first kid and what what he thinks are, is important now on a Monday morning when he's walking to work as opposed to what he's going to think about his weekends uh, after uh, his baby comes. Um, also, I uh, want to make sure that we uh, do a, um, a time lapse when we break camp every morning uh, so that we can uh, see how we change and adapt to uh, our new life on the trail. I think that uh, how long it takes us to uh, break down camp and in what order and all that kind of stuff is going to change over the course of two weeks of hiking. And, Absolutely. Um, I, I like the idea of having that out there. And then also, the, 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 always the theme of our documentary has been how people uh, on the high coast adapted to change to their changing, how have they changed in response to their changing environment. Right. So I think, um, I think that's an interesting angle that we're going to explore possibly at the expense of factual um, uh, episodes, if you will, about, about what did they, how did they prepare their food or what did their little structures that they lived in look like, stuff like that. Um, the question is how do we then uh, portray other people's change, these people from the last 11,000 years, and, they, and an idea that you came up with was that we really ought to get interviews with people who are there now whose lives have been changed. Yeah. And to, that I took that now. Oh, I took it one step further, thought we should do an interview with people who lived 9,000 years ago, and 6,000 years ago, and 2,000 years ago. That's easy enough to do. Right. Now, yeah, it's provided that they're zombies or something, but <laughs> no, I think um, we've hatched an idea that we want to do interviews with people from a long time ago and obviously you have to have someone write a script for that and perform that and I think that um, right now I'd like to do that as animations um, so that we don't have to have actors dressed up in costumes with mud smashed on their faces or I don't know what they right. would look like but um, some kind of an animation um, and it actually have interviews with people who are in the now yeah. whose lives have changed, and then also people over time whose lives have changed. And then I think that we could probably also do uh, entry and exit interviews with us to see how we're the same or different. Before That'll be after. very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a lot, yeah, a lot changed. A lot of water under the bridge since, uh, since last time. Um, 
to me, it seems, I don't know whether the, the, the tone of the film, if we're talking about change and how we adapt to change and whether we should be fear change or whether we should embrace change or whether we need to be afraid of things we don't have any control over, it all becomes very existential and very much less National Geographic-y. Right. Um, and I don't know whether that's a direction that will bear us the entire direct the, the entire duration of this project, or whether we'll have to change. <laughs> um, so, th- but that's that's kind of thematically how things are developing. Yeah. Um, technically, I've been screwing a lot around a lot with my cameras, um, trying to figure out raw recording and stuff like that, deciding whether we want to do that. And I think I don't remember was it you who initially was against raw or for raw? Well, I've kind of gone back and forth. In the beginning, I thought it was, I was I was for raw, yeah. and then and uh, I still am for for raw when shooting in more controlled environments. Uh, but also seeing the, the uh, ease of the workflow that you've had with the 5D Mark III, uh, that changed my mind. Like, okay, maybe we could use raw out in the field because I was thinking in the field maybe we wanted to just use easier camcorders, basically yeah. that shoot really great uh, material, great images that are kind of you know. Uh, um, point and shoot almost mm-hmm. um, but a professional at least a prosumer way if not a professional way because yeah. uh, I was just thinking about being how much time are we going to have when we're hiking to check settings and do color check uh, color checking and white balance and all that stuff mm. but I think that the raw workflow with, especially with something like DaVinci Resolve and, and the Magic Lantern raw uh, on the 5D Mark III has made it so that it is usable uh, for our project, and I still want to use the Black Magic camera. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. It. So we've been trying to match the two cameras, and I think we, we need tried to, once. Yeah, actually. we tried once, <laughs> and I think we need to do one more test where we, um, first of all, I won't overexpose my footage uh, during the test, and secondly, we should probably have something like that color checker, or at least my little gray grayscale card with the white yeah. balance and, yeah. the, and the gray, so we can see if that would help. Uh, uh, I think I'm actually willing to invest in that passport thing. Yeah. Uh, so that we could both have that in the shot, because because I think since DaVinci uh, Resolve it has that built in, that capability to use that that color pattern in the passport, um, I think that makes it easy, and I think that could give us the upper hand on uh, balancing out the two cameras. Yeah, because uh, we did a good job of balancing out uh, you know the colors, but it wasn't perfect. Right. Uh, so there would definitely have to be two applications. One, one for the Black Magic and one for the, for the 5D Mark III. Another, the other thing I'd like to do is to get uh, the you know an, an adapter so that I can use Canon lenses on the Black Magic, so that our lenses may be yeah. able to be the same or or uh, very similar lenses also. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've kind of gone away from the from the in-camera codec being yeah. good enough idea. Not because the image quality isn't good enough when you nail the exposure settings and everything, but it's for those moments when you don't um, that you really need to be able to lift lift the shadows and, and get back in there or drop the highlights and recover you know details that were missing there. I have seen the light now in a certain way. I, I'm not I'm not in love with the image quality that RAW can bring you at its best. For me, either one is perfectly good, Kodak or no, or RAW. 
um, when it's at its best. But I think it's so much more forgiving to shoot in RAW. Um, no white balance to worry about and uh, a lot more data to deal with. And then I haven't been as intimidated by the uh, editing or, or processing because now I see that I can load the RAW files into my computer and play them back almost in real time. And that to me is really important. I bring the file across, I fire up this MLS, MLVFS yep. program, I see the things pop up in my editor and I look at them immediately and I don't have to sit there and wait for 45 minutes or an hour for stuff to process. That was to me really, really important. And I think that's what you were um, saying about the workflow. Yeah. It's not as intimidating no. um, as, uh, as we thought it would be. And the and the thing that I've been getting into is uh, drone cinematography. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> Rob's got a drone. <laughs> um, I have about forty minutes flight time, <laughs> which is nothing, um, but I'm hooked on it, and um, I'm really um, interested in learning how best to to use this tool in a in a cinematic way. Uh, to be careful not to use it just for coolness, just for the sake of coolness, but to use it properly. Uh, and I think I'm already. My experience already uh, being a cinematographer or cameraman on my own films and also on some uh, work projects has yeah. helped me understand uh, that uh, these things are tools to be used properly, like a like a paintbrush and not not a house paintbrush. It yeah. isn't the movie; it's another camera right. for filming the movie. And I, I have to say, I'm impressed with what you've done so far. You show the sensitivity to the viewer yeah. that um, is is beyond what most first, second time pilots uh, who put out their movies on YouTube right. normally show. Usually, it's just zoom and right. let's see how high we can get and all that yeah. other stuff. Not so with you. So it's very promising. I. I have to say, I was a little skeptical in the beginning to you getting a drone. I'm like, oh no, it's just going to become a drone movie. It's just going to be all about the drone. <laughs> oh no, no. But it 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 it, it, it isn't. And I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with what we've seen. And hopefully, if 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 baby cooperates and doesn't come too early or too late, um, we hope to go and steal a day or two up north and uh, use the drone uh, to get some of the shots that we think are going to be useful in the different sort of episodes that are inevitably going to be part of the movie to help help it move along through the different eras. Yeah. Um, but uh, I hope, hope we can get, you know, just that 15 or 30 seconds of, of footage that we that we are thinking that we need for, for each sort of episode. And I won't even say what that is now because right. it, it's totally way too early to say what we think that footage is going to look like. But it is going to, I think, involve something that illustrates the... Um, the distance from the sea that each of these sites uh, has put, you know, the, the distance has been created by time as the land rise. Um, I think it, I think it's an incredible way to, to show how the earth beneath your feet is really moving and it's moving fast by wow. using the drone to illustrate that. So. Yeah, so looking forward to that. If he doesn't get arrested in the meantime for flying into some <laughs> restricted zone or closing I, down I'll an airport. <laughs> I'll be careful. Well, now we have not so much time till our Yeah, we might need to go find some seats or something. Get seats, get coffee, um, and uh, hope like hell that this turned out. It stuck to tape or to, to I think the it SD did. card. Um, not too much background noise. And then hopefully it won't be so long until the next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, uh, all two of you. <laughs> <laughs>